WebmasterRadio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate internet marketer's knowledge base. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Absolutely free and now available for iPhone and Android users. Listen to our live broadcast at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows past and present like SEO 101, Affiliate Buds, The Shoe Money Show, The Daily Searchcast, and so much more. Download it from the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store today. Taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC friends, it's David Satella with another episode of PPC Rockstars. And we have on as a guest today uh, uh, someone we had on just recently, uh, my good friend from Belgium, Frederic Vallès of Optimizer and formerly of Google. Welcome again, Frederic. Thanks for having me back again, David. <laughs> my pleasure. And uh, the reason I had you back so quickly, as you know, is uh, because you have just finished. Uh, publishing through Search Engine Land, is it? Yeah, exactly. I did a three-part series there on shopping campaigns, um, and so I just wrapped that up. Well, there's some brilliant stuff in there, and uh, very timely since Google is going to uh, gently force all advertisers to uh, migrate to Google yeah, shopping yeah. campaigns. It's right. <coughs> a really nice way of putting it, by the way, gently. Uh, I think gently they actually have it. a update there at the end of August, but a <laughs> uh, nice way of putting it. Yes. So um, I encourage uh, listeners to um, go to Search Engine Land and find those three articles and read them thoroughly. They're not short, but um, you'll you'll benefit from every word. Uh, and we're not going to go through every um, point in the articles. Uh, I picked out a few questions I'd like to ask uh, Frederic. And... Uh, Let's yeah, and actually, I mean, so a little bit of background on the, the length of those pieces. So I actually didn't have a lot of experience with product listing ads, which is uh, basically what shopping campaigns are uh, replacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I was working at Google, I actually intentionally stayed off of that project because the few people who were working on it for my team, it was really complicated to set it up. It was kind of a nightmare to manage. Um, and when I saw what was going on with that, I was like, uh, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> and so basically now that I help people with their campaigns, I also didn't do any PLA work. But when Google came out and said, we're going to do shopping campaigns, and we're actually going to do the UI and the interface the right way, that got me really excited. So that started me exploring in it. But then I quickly figured out that everything I knew about keyword advertising and traditional PPC and traditional AdWords. A lot of that stuff just didn't apply to um, what I was doing in shopping campaigns. So I started writing down a few thoughts for myself, and then eventually that ended up being, um, you know, many thousands of words, <laughs> and, uh, and that turned into that uh, three-part series there on search engine land. Well, you did a great job. I'm, I'm glad you took those notes. <clears throat> so let's let's start out with. Um Help help the listeners understand what the difference is between a standard search ad group and a Google Shopping product group. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they're basically two different campaign types, first of all. And really the most important difference that I see between 
a shopping campaign versus a keyword or a PLA campaign is the way that you construct your targeting. So if you do keyword advertising on Google, Google is not going to show your ad unless you add a new keyword to the ad group. Right? It's the fact that you're adding stuff to the ad group that tells Google, this is what I want to show up for. In a shopping campaign, it's completely different. In a shopping campaign, you tell Google, here's my product feed. And by default, everything that's in that shopping feed is going to be advertised for. And so the only way that, uh, when you start structuring your shopping campaign into what they call product groups, that is a way for you to set different bids or do certain exclusions or put stuff in different campaigns or different ad groups. Um, but you don't, if you don't, for example, take one of your product categories, say that you're selling appliances, right? And say in a keyword campaign, you would have to add the keyword microwave before Google would even show your ad for a microwave. Within a shopping campaign, if you sell microwaves, you're already targeting that automatically. And so the moment that you add microwaves as a product group, the only thing you're doing is you're enabling yourself to put a, a different bid for that. Okay. So very different. Very different. And that, and that took me a little while to figure out, actually. And, and that's where some of the complications then came in because, you know, I was thinking, how do I structure my whole campaign setup? Do I structure it based on, you know, the type of appliance, you know, one group for microwaves and one for dishwashers? Or, or do I structure it based on the brands, right? Bosch and Meal and GE and Maytag and all of those. Um, and so in the beginning, I was actually duplicating it. So I had products that ended up sitting in multiple product groups. And so I thought I was doing a great thing because I thought I was setting, you know, different bids for the brands, but also setting different bids for the appliance types. And at the end of the day, I was actually creating a lot of duplicate um, targeting, uh, bidding targeting that was competing with each other. And so I wasn't actually doing what I wanted it to do. So I know that's, uh, you know, it's so different and it makes it quite complicated to, uh, to to sort of make that mental leap from how keyword advertising works versus how shopping works. And as, as you're pointing out, very, very different. Um, one thing that you advocate that uh, I hadn't seen before uh, is to set up separate shopping campaigns. Uh, under what circumstances is that a good good idea? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, keep in mind that campaigns and ad groups, even if they're the shopping type of campaign, they still have the same capabilities that you have with traditional campaigns. Um, so if you want to set different budgets, for example, you would want to have different campaigns. You can have campaign level, level negative keywords. You can do campaign level geo-bid modifiers. So the problem is if you every single one of your products and you put it into a single campaign, um, you lose the ability to set different budgets, right? I might want to have one budget for my microwave ovens and I might want to have a different one for dishwashers. Um, you know, maybe if I'm, if I'm selling air conditioners, they sell really well in the south where it's a little bit warmer in summer than maybe in the north, um, right? So that's where geobit modifications come in handy. And, and if I'm able to segment it out and I have one campaign that's about cooling products, then I can actually set a geobit modifier that makes sense for that without affecting everything else that sells equally well throughout the different regions where I advertise. Gotcha. So plenty of good reasons. So let's segue into something that I'm not sure I understand quite yet, which is campaign priority. Uh, what is it and, and when and why should it be used? 
Yeah, so Google came up with this new thing, which is campaign priorities for shopping, and uh, you can have a high, medium, or low priority. And basically what it does is Google says, I'm, I'm first going to try to show your ad from the high priority campaign. If I can't place one from that, then I'm going to look at your medium priority campaign. And then finally, I'm going to look at the low priority campaign. Um, and, and remember how you're targeting by default every single product that you're selling. So, so what's nice is that you could, for example, have a high priority campaign um, with different bids. Maybe uh, what, what, what I tend to do is we put in products that we know are sort of top sellers. Uh, we know that they're top sellers or we know that they're promotions, they're sales that we have going on, right? So those are the products we want to show first because we know that either they sell really well because of what the product is or we have a sale going on. So chances are better that somebody's going to buy that product versus something else. And then if Google doesn't find a product within that high priority campaign that matches, then we let it go to the medium priority campaign. And that's typically where we have, you know, fully built out, campaigns that look basically like how you would structure your store or how you structure your website. And then finally, I always have a low priority campaign that includes my entire feed. I got no divisions on that. So it's simply saying every single product goes into my low priority campaign and I put a really low bid on that. So um, at the end of the day, if the stuff that I'm actively trying to optimize is not showing my ads, then I'm giving Google one last final chance Mm -hmm. to pick that product from that low priority campaign. Gotcha. Okay. So I think I understand. Let me see if I can restate it. Um, Or or let me add an element. Uh, It is possible that Google will match a search query to more than one product in the feed. Is is that true? Yeah, so they could definitely do that. Um, Yeah. So setting a priority for uh, products that you want to feature either because they're higher priced or higher margins or you mm-hmm. want to move, move inventory, uh, you would put those in, in the high priority campaign. And I, I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. Very, 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 very powerful. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Hey, uh, Frederic, we've got to pause for some really important messages from our sponsors. Uh, stay with us. We're going to have lots more uh, shopping campaign wisdom. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Frederic Valles. And we are getting uh, the benefit of his uh, intense scrutiny of Google shopping campaigns. So let's let's move into uh, another aspect that I don't think is intuitively obvious, and that is that uh, negative keywords can be important. So why use them, and how do you find or or derive Mm -hmm. uh, the the right negative keywords? Yeah, and I think the reason it's not inherently obvious is that in a shopping campaign, you don't put in any keywords. You're not targeting keywords. Google's automatically figuring out what the keyword should be based on the products that you have in your feed. Uh, but what you can certainly find is that, you know, there, there are some of these crazy queries that Google, for some reason, may think are relevant to what your products are, but it turns out that you have really low sales on it. Um, and so that obviously becomes an issue when people start clicking on these ads and then they come to your website and they realize the product is really not that good of a match. Um, or maybe they were looking for, say, video cameras and you happen to sell one video camera, right? If that's not the video camera people want, then they have nothing else to shop for. So they end up leaving and you end up getting very few conversions. Whereas if you sold lots of video cameras, then, you know, that, that'd still be great. So, but what you can do is you can look um, through the search terms report and you can figure out what Google is driving traffic for and you can exclude some of those negatives um, and make them negative keywords. And you can do that either at the campaign or the ad group level, just like you could with a, a regular campaign. Now, the other reason this is not entirely obvious is that there is no keywords tab in a shopping campaign. Um, there's like the, the products or the product grouping tab. And so what you have to do is you have to go to the d- dimensions tab and on the dimensions tab, that's where you can find the search terms report. Um, so a lot of people think it's not, it doesn't exist for a shopping campaign, but it's actually there. You just have to know where to look for it. 
Right, and it's always there in the, under the dimensions tab. In other words, there there are two different ways to uh, to pull a a search query report. There's the keywords tab um, for a standard search campaign, and there's the dimensions tab, where uh, one of the one of the options is to uh, show search queries. Exactly. Do you find that you use negative keywords? Uh, Rarely or quite a bit? Um, we don't use them that much. I haven't found too many examples of where Google does a really horrible job of targeting. Um, and in fact, we have found some situations where we've found new keywords that we actually wanted to target in our keyword campaigns. Um, so, so it's almost like when a product gets used a different way. Um, and I'll give you one example. So there's this type of a t-shirt that's called a t-shirt dress. So it's basically just a long t-shirt, but some women wear it as a dress. Um, and so this was one of the keywords that we found out in the search terms report. And, uh, and we, we hadn't really thought about that as a product for the t-shirts that we were selling. So, but we ended up putting that as a new ad group, uh, specifically going to those products that Google was already matching through the product feed. And, uh, and where sales were actually happening on that. So it actually helped us discover a whole new opportunity that we hadn't even thought about. Nice, very nice. Hey, let's, let's uh, switch gears here and talk about bidding strategies for shopping campaigns. Um, what, 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 what strategy do you find is, is most effective? Yeah, um, I mean, the, typically it's, it's sort of the same strategies that we use in other parts of AdWords. So we might have an ROAS, a return on ad spend strategy, or a cost per acquisition strategy. Um, so it's very similar, but what we found was that as nice as shopping campaigns are, the one place where Google, I think, has done a really poor job is in terms of making bid management easy. Um, so you would think if I'm doing return on ad spend bidding, I would be able to go and put in a filter just like I can in most parts of AdWords and say, show me any product groups where I can set a bid that have less than 100% return on ad spend. Well, it turns out those filters don't exist at all. Uh-huh. Um, it also turns out that there's not a single page where you can see all of your biddable items. So you have to go ad group by ad group. And now if you've done a good job of actually structuring and have multiple campaigns and multiple ad groups in each of those campaigns so that you can do some of the things that you can do with ad groups and campaigns, all of a sudden it's going to be really, really hard to do bid management. And it can take you several hours to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's, that's not feasible. Now, the good thing is they did launch API support for it. Um, and my company, Optimizer, we thought this was a huge opportunity, so we jumped on it, and we built a shopping bidding tool. Uh, and basically, that reintroduces those filters that were missing, and it also puts all of your biddable items on a, on a single page. Uh, now, there, there's kind of another element of uh, bidding to understand in shopping campaign level, um, and that's a huge difference from when you're used to working with keyword campaigns. In a keyword campaign, you have an ad group, and that ad group has several keywords. Now, if you don't put a bid for each of these keywords, it just takes the bid from the ad group level. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can sort of say, well, maybe this keyword doesn't have enough data, so just rely on whatever I do at the ad group level. Once the keyword has enough data, you put in your own bid. Well, you can't do that in shopping campaigns. In shopping campaigns, it's like you have to put a bid for every single um, keyword or its equivalent, which is a biddable product group, right? So you have to go down to the lowest level. Um, Now, imagine you have 50,000 products that you're selling. It means you have to set 50,000 bids to do a good job. Um, And that that becomes 
very complicated very quickly. And so that's why we built a tool to hopefully make that a bit easier. Fantastic. Okay, let's um, continue in this vein. Um, there's some new metrics uh, that can be exposed for shopping campaigns. They're called Benchmark CPC and Benchmark CTR. Uh, what are those and, and where do we find them? Yeah, these are really cool new um, columns that Google introduced. And it's, it's basically telling you how your competitors are doing um, on similar keywords. And so what it does is it looks at a couple of days worth of data for a group of products that's similar to what you're advertising for. And then it tells you the benchmark um, CTR and the benchmark CPC. And so what that basically says is other advertisers advertising for similar products have a CTR of roughly this amount. And they roughly have a bit of this amount. Um, now, we, we started playing with this and we thought we could do some really cool things with it. Um, but a couple of downsides. So it's not available at the product level. You have to go at um, the, a product group that has several products within it because Google doesn't want to give you specific data about a specific product. So they don't want to say, okay, if you're selling um, you know, a specific model of dishwasher, this is how everybody else is bidding for that. It has to be a grouping of dishwashers. Um, so that waters down that information a little bit. And then the, the other thing that we experimented with and that actually didn't have a good outcome, but I'll share it anyway because then you know, maybe it saves people the time from experimenting with this themselves. But we figured you know, ad rank on Google is typically CTR multiplied by CPC. So benchmark CTR and benchmark CPC, that might be like a benchmark position. So it, it would indicate to us that if our benchmark CTR was twice um, what other people's was, that maybe we could bid half as much as them and still have the same position. Hmm. And when we experimented with that, it actually didn't turn out to, to work that well. So we stopped doing that. Mm -hmm. That reminds me, <clears throat> um, we're probably not going to have time to get into a quality score for shopping campaigns. Um, in fact, we've got to break again for some important messages from our sponsors. Listeners, stay with us, and Frederic, we'll be right back. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with uh, the final couple of questions for Frederick. Um, this is a big question, so um, uh, let's try to abridge it, the answer. What are the best ways to optimize a product feed for shopping campaigns? Yeah, and that's a huge question. And for that one, I, I think I'll probably point people to the search engine land article. Um, but basically, it comes down to a few things. You, you can modify your title and your description. And you want to make sure you put the keywords you're targeting within that. Um, typically in the first 70 characters for the title, the first 500 characters for the description. These fields are much bigger, so you can actually put more data in them, but just keep in mind that typically this is what Google is going to display, and that's what they give priority to. Um, also, how you classify your products. So Google asks you what is your product categorization, and that helps them figure out what type of product you're selling. So if they can't really figure it out from the title and the description, it gives them another piece of information um, to go with. And actually, if you look at um, AdWords Express, you know, and probably not that many people on this call running that, but what Google was asking was, what type of business are you? And based on the classification of business that you picked, they had like a dictionary of keywords that they would match you against. So my sense is that it's a little, a little bit similar on shopping campaigns that for each categorization they have, they have a list of keywords that you then become eligible for. So it's really important to pick the right category. Uh, and then finally, how you classify your product in terms of its uh, standardized uh, ID. So, for example, there's what's called the DMPN, uh, the GTIN, the GTIN that can be anything like an ISBN, a UPC barcode, and that really tells Google, okay, um, here's the product, and here's and it's the same product that other people sell, right? Because every vendor could give a different name to a product, or they could describe it in a different way. But so long as Google knows the GTIN or the MPN are the same, it knows it's the same product. So then, if other advertisers get to show up for that query, you get to show up for that one as well. Um, so those are sort of the the big things. Then, in terms of driving higher click-through rates, I think what you can play with is the image. The price of the item, obviously, if you have the most expensive item, um, you'll probably get pretty few clicks. And then you can also do promotions. And that's currently in beta, but anyone can sign up for that. And then you can have like a, a discount showing next to your product. Oh, right, right. I've seen that. Okay, we've got a couple minutes left to um, talk about quality score. 
um, I, I don't think anyone's documented this other than your article. So can you uh, give us some t- tips on that? Yeah, so, um, you know, Google always has quality scores, and it's just an indication of how relevant your either keyword, in this case, product category or product uh, item ID are um, to what the user is searching for. And so what Google is doing here, and they very specifically say this in the documentation, but they tell you do not change your product ID after you've submitted your feed for the first time. And the reason for that is that the product ID, that becomes their unique identifier of that item. And now they look at historical performance, such as click-through rate. And and so based on that, they have an understanding this product performs either really well or really poorly for a certain set of queries. And then based on that, there's like an underlying quality score that then says, okay, this advertiser gets to show more impressions or fewer impressions. So if you find yourself in a position where all of a sudden your impressions are going down and down and down and your CTR is not very good compared to to the benchmark CTR, that's when you want to step in and actually do change that product ID. The moment you change the product ID, that becomes a new product to Google. It gives you a fresh chance to, uh, to appear for that. Now, obviously, don't do it for anything that's been performing really well because that will be reset too. Um, I don't know how long Google will make it this easy to do it that way, uh, mm-hmm. but for now, that, that's how you can uh, sort of work around the system if maybe you got a bad start. Nice. So... Um Click-through rate can be influenced by uh, the image, so that's that's one thing to um, test. And uh, the image, the price, the promotion that you offer, and that's where you really got to take advantage then of those high priority campaigns. Really try to push your products that you know resonate with people, and where you've done those optimizations to have the best possible price an image that stands out from everybody else's. Um, and really what works with images, that's up for experimentation, right? Do you have a shot with a white background, maybe a different background? Um, do you have a human in the picture? Do you not have a human in the picture? There's some policies around that too, but you, you do have some leeway for experimentation. Um, and it's really a matter of testing a few things there. Okay. Um, we're really heading for the close now, but I wanted to ask you, do you have one tip that didn't make it into the, the articles? Um, no, I mean, I, I think the, the last step is given this opportunity, I think is really to take a look at our tool and our shopping bidder. Uh, we had one person that was using it and he told us that he did in five minutes what would have taken him five hours um, in terms of bid management. And so I, I think if you can look at some tools that help you automate some of the more tedious work, you're actually going to get a lot of scale out of that, a lot of benefit. Um, so either look at hours that we have or look at somebody else's bidding tools because that's the one area where you're going to uh, – I was struggling to deal with it the way Google had set it up, and it was just not leading to good results. Gotcha. Um, for the listeners, uh, Frederic, uh, spell optimizer – yeah, we left out a, a couple letters there, but it's O P T M Y Z R. Okay. Um, so pronounce optimizer, but O P T M Y Z R. dot com. Um, a a vendor of fine uh, AdWords tools, and also could you, you spell spell your last name for the listeners so they can uh, look up your articles on search engine? Yeah, if they, yeah, if they want to look me up, it's uh, V is in Victor A L L A E Y S. And my Twitter handle is Silicon Valleys, um, spelled like my last name, so Silicon V-A-L-L-A-E-Y-S. Well, thank you very much, uh, Frederica. This has been 
really an eye-opener for me, and I'm sure the listeners as well. Great. I hope so. Well, thanks for having me back, David, and I uh, look forward to uh, being back at some other time. I'm sure you will. <clears throat> listeners, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, come back next week for another episode of PPC Rockstars. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.